you in so-called midlife and found yourself suddenly single after probably years of marriage and you're absolutely shitting it? Maybe you're on a divorce downer and have zero idea how the fuck to move on. Or you know how to in theory, but it's just not happening. If that's you, you're in the right place. This is the Divorce Chapter podcast, where we turn the unexpected divorce plot twist into a new and improved happily ever after. I'm Sarah Elizabeth, divorce coach and mentor, and I'm with you on this mission to rewrite our stories and make this next chapter the best goddamn one yet. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Chapter podcast with me, your host, Sarah Elizabeth. I hope you have had a great week. I have, so I wanted to share and I wanted to start this week with a life update because after last week's episode, I got accepted for the new house. Sorry, couldn't help give myself a little cheer there. Honestly, I am so excited. It's gorgeous. It's very me. I just love, love, love it. It's still got the character like I've got here at Princess Cottage. Plus, it's bigger than what I've got now. So that's even better, right? I also get a bath again because I've only had a shower for the whole time I've lived here. And I get a downstairs loo again, which is nice. It's got this weird, um, they've tried to maximise the space, but they've put in a shower like over it so you can shower over the loo very odd but you know it's a feature we love a feature it's got a dishwasher as well you know it's little things so I've got a huge amount to be grateful for and things are happening I've got a long long list of jobs that need doing but because there's some overlap on the two houses I'm trying to pace it all out with the intention that by the end of the month I'll be in for good and I can't bloody wait. So on to the actual episode because whilst I've been working out all the shit that needs doing I've had amazing support from all my friends including the beautiful Sands, who's my friend from episode one who gave me the pink leukosate, who I said is like my family now. Her husband and son and son-in-law are all bringing muscle and bands for the big stuff, along with my son, which is just a relief to get some extra help. So I'm going to move little bits, bit by bit, and then have a big moving day for the big stuff. Because, you know, I'm the first to advocate for independence and girl power but there's no way I could physically move my bed my sofas my fridge freezer and all that shite on my own and nor could any man actually quite frankly but aside from the physical muscle sometimes we just need a fucking strong support squad and that's why this week I thought it would be really good to focus on friendship after divorce Because when they say divorce brings out the best and the worst in people, they ain't just talking about your fucking ex. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been hugely blessed with friends. And I mean hugely blessed. Friends where divorce 
definitely brought out the best, the best of the best. One of my besties has been in my life literally since I can remember. She lived around the corner from me, opposite my grandma's house. And our brothers started school together at five. And then we followed two years later. When we was about eight, she had a baby sister who we ended up dropping. But that's a whole other story. We grew apart a bit in secondary school with, you know, had different friendship groups form and that. But after we left school, we got closer again and ended up being bridesmaids at each other's weddings and godmother to each other's children. And she's just always been there. Now, a couple of years before my divorce, she had a horrible divorce with her ex going between the woman that he was having an affair with and my friend. And she just kept taking him back because he was promising her the earth, then pissing off again, then back. Such a long time back and forth. It was horrendous for her. And I think it going on for so long just drags out that pain. There were so many times during all of that, she was in such pain, but I never knew what the fuck to say to her. And that's one of the lessons in friendship after divorce, because I was still married when she was going through it all. And although they think they do, married friends really, really don't understand at any level what you're going through. They really do think they do. And it's not an intentional thing, but they just haven't got a fucking clue. But thankfully for me, my bestie never held it against me. And two years later, when I was in the same boat, she was the first one there for me. And with a nearly 50 year friendship, she is more like my sister. Another bestie I met when I was just pregnant with my youngest son and I just moved to the area and I knew nobody. So I decided to go to the local parent and toddler group thing. I was petrified. I was just, I just didn't know what to expect. I thought there was going to be a load of older women judging me for being a teenage mum. And there she was. She was exactly the same age. I think we were probably 20 by that point. She's a few months older than me. She had a son born the same month as my eldest son, and they became really good friends for years too. She went through a divorce when her kids were really small. And remember, she used to say how hard Sundays were when everyone else was with their husband and kids, you know, like the family days. And she was being mum and dad all on her own. And again, probably didn't really understand, didn't really, didn't really get the depth of what that felt like. But we've stayed friends over the years and she's my New York buddy too. We have shared so much, particularly since my divorce, actually. We've shared laughter. We've shared tears. We've shared tattoos because we actually do have matching tattoos, although they don't actually match because we were pissed when we actually got them done. So, you know, Um, she's married again now and I honestly couldn't be happy for her. Then there's the bestie who I met when she met and then married the bloke who had been the best man at my wedding. I can cross that. Also, I left him to bits too. I'm godmother to their two daughters as well, you know, because all the goddaughters are getting mulberries in my will. These two have already chosen theirs in advance. 
her husband actually ended up being the one who told her, who then told me, about my ex and sofa mistress, although I don't think even he at that stage knew the depth of what had gone on. And he and Mike's husband have stayed friends, albeit a bit bumpy after that, but his wife and me have stayed best friends. And then the bestie who was my boss when I was going through the divorce and who got me to go back to work and became a rock. She's South African and I've been there to South Africa with her to visit her family a couple of times and I just adore all of them. She's the right amount of tough love with kindness, if you can work that out. One of her sayings is, you've got to have mental toughness, you've got to have mental toughness. But she's so full of love and kindness as well. It's phenomenal. I honestly could go on and on. I probably should mention Barbara purely because she listens to the podcast and would kill me if I didn't. But (laughs) hi, Barbara. Seriously, they've all brought so much to my life. I'm so lucky. I've got so many more amazing friends. I literally would be here all day if I went through them all, let alone the stories about them. I'm lucky. And I hope you too have some amazing friends because Honestly, it makes the difference when you have this type of support squad. Those who see you at your very lowest and who love you and care for you through it. Those who help you to laugh again. Those friends are just the most amazing kind. But it's also important to recognise that when you get a divorce, it kind of holds a mirror up to other people in your life. You know, you get the the nosy ones, the ones who are constantly refreshing the fucking fake book feed for the gossip. They just want to know what's going on. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about your ex. They just want to know what's going on. They want the goss. Or the kind ones who genuinely just want to try and help you. The ones who try to give you pink leukosade when you're at your lowest. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say, but they will still be there trying to help you. Those ones that don't have a fucking clue what to say. So instead of trying to help you, just ignore you. Had a few of them. Or the ones who see their own life as shit and suddenly think you're a VIP in their own fucking pity party, which is the last thing you need. Or the ones who panic that it might mean something for them and their relationship, like it's catching or something. Although saying that, I did actually read somewhere, I don't know where I saw it, some research somewhere that said something like three quarters of people were likely to get divorced if their friend was or something like that, which is wild. So maybe it's contagious, who knows? I've definitely had a few off this list too. And there've been a fair few who dropped away after the divorce, like married friends where suddenly, apparently I was a threat. So I was removed from their lives. And the people who didn't know what to say, so did a vanishing act. It's really hard when you're already grieving the loss of your marriage and to have to fucking grieve a friendship too. Like a friendship breakup on top of a relationship breakup. You're like, cheers, mate. I really feel for those people, those women, I'm saying women because it is usually women whose husbands cheat on them with their best friends. I think that's just the most horrific friendship that's not a friendship. That's just the most horrific thing for any human to do. And that's not a friendship. Those types, even the types of people I've talked about here, the people that 
will dump you in a heartbeat. The people that don't give a shit, they're not true friends. You know, there's that saying, isn't there? People come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Some people are just there as a fucking lesson. It does seem to be the sort of role that you take the friends that you brought into the relationship, sort of like custody of the mates. Like, it was never going to happen that my childhood bestie, for example, was going to stay mates with my ex, nor me with hers. Like, it just was never, ever going to happen. But there are other friends who you amass together during your marriage. So the people that have only ever known you both as a couple, and often that leaves them feeling like they need to take sides, even if you don't ask them to, even if you don't want them to, they feel like they sort of somehow have to, which is hard, especially when you're there calling your ex all the names under the sun. That might just be me. My South African friend taught me a very particular swear word in Afrikaans because she got fed up with me saying it so much. Or you get the couple friends who feel like they can't show their unhappiness around you, even though it can be triggering as fuck when you're in the middle of a breakup and all you see is couples being lovey-dovey. You're like, fuck off. So what about making new friends post-divorce? Maybe you feel quite alone. Maybe you have lost quite a few in the divorce fallout. Some were definitely more of a lesson, a reason or a season than a lifetime, eh? It's really hard making friends as an adult, right? Several of my good friends are social workers who I've stayed close to after working together in various places. It does sort of seem that friendships can often be found in a kind of collective, like working together. But there's also a zillion social workers I haven't stayed in contact with. But I think, you know, friendship is like any relationship. There may be an initial spark or there may be an initial connection, but it takes much more to keep it alive and keep it going. Shared values, shared humour, shared aspirations, shared interests, shared hobbies. There is also something around that you become like the five people you spend the most time with. So if you spend all your time with five entrepreneurs, you're likely to want to end up being an entrepreneur. Or if you end up spending your time with five hairdressers, you're going to have an interest in hairdressing, right? Similarly, if you spend all your time with five arseholes, you know, you get the picture just saying choose wisely. And it's important too, I think, to reflect on who you are and also what you bring to a friendship. You know, are you an extrovert or an introvert? How much time do you have spare? Are you going to want someone there every day after work? Or are you going to want to have to have daily phone calls, texts, all that? You know, if you're if you're someone that hates speaking on the phone, you're not going to want someone that's your bestie is going to be calling you every fucking five minutes because you won't enjoy it. You won't have that connection. Yeah, think about what you enjoy. Is there places that you can go that you can get that united thing? Because a shared something, whatever it may be, is likely to be the thing that is not only going to form, but then build that connection into something bigger, into something deeper. It's a bit like dating, but for friends, which is probably where Bumble, so the dating app Bumble added on this app, which is 
to find friends in the local area. So it's the same principle. You type in your profile and what you are and what you like and all of that. And then wherever you are, you put however mile radius and it picks friends for you. It's called Bumble BFF, which is basically Bumble for friends. But just like with dating, there can be red flags in finding friends as well. You know, none of us need those energy vampires, you know. You know, there's people that you're just around and they just suck your mood, like mood hoovers. You know, your emotions are up and down enough after a divorce without the fucking Debbie Downers. And apologies to any Debbies out there. You know, back to the attachment styles we talked about before. You may have a real anxious attachment after the divorce and, you know, you feel the rejection. It can leave you feeling like you aren't somehow enough, which is absolute bollocks, just so you know. But I get that it feels like that. But just because it feels like it doesn't make it true. You are always enough. And the people who are meant for you will always see that. They will see exactly that. So socialise where you might meet like-minded people. Talk to people that you think like you're in the office with that you might be friends with. Reach out, make the first move. It is a bit like dating in that respect. And also having single friends when you're single is bloody great. Because who else knows exactly how it feels? and brings you wine when you need it, and stops you texting the ex. Which kind of brings me on, actually, to my last point in the friendship stakes. Do you stay friends with your ex? I guess my first question is why? Why do you want to? Ask yourself what you would get out of it. Because, you know, there are people who can and do stay close friends with their ex after a divorce. But it's rare. Because let's face it, most divorces are really driven by one person, which often then means the other person is feeling hurt and rejected and just plainly fucking heartbroken, which means it isn't easy to be friends, especially if there is still hope from one side that, you know, you might get back together. Although I do think there is still a need to be amicable when there's kids involved. Even when the children are adults, which mine were, because let's not forget there's all manner of future events where adult children are likely to want both parents there, like weddings, like christenings, funerals even. I went to my nephew's wedding earlier this year and spoke with my ex-husband and his second wife and I even held their newborn baby. I don't have to be friends with them. But I can be human and I can be kind. It may not have been that way straight away. And she was not responsible in any way for the breakdown of our marriage. So it is slightly different in that respect. But it's important to acknowledge that you are where you are. And think about where that is, what your current friendship group is and where you'd like to be. It might be too early to make decisions on that sort of shit, like staying friends with your ex. It certainly wasn't even a conscious decision I made to even be that way with him and his wife and baby. It just became, I don't know, somehow more natural to me to be that way because that's who I am. And I suppose, again, it's purely my perspective. But 
for no matter what shit he did to me as a husband, he's still the father of my sons. And yes, you're going to get people that will argue what sort of role modelling is that? What sort of example is he setting? My boys are adults. They can see for themselves what is right and what is wrong because the foundation's there. But I, again, accept that that's very different for a lot of different people. And, you know, really with any of this, whether it's your support squad, you're losing friends, making new friends, being friends with the ex, whatever the friendship is, I do believe we find our people. And our people are those that encourage us to be ourselves and love us for it. We don't have to pretend to be anyone. We don't have to fake it. We can just be who we are and they love us. Our people are there for us through thick and thin, even when we fuck up sometimes, because let's face it, in all relationships, we fuck up sometimes. We say things we shouldn't say. We're grumpy. We do things with blah, 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 blah. And our people will still be there. Our people are essentially our tribe. And that is what counts. If you do feel isolated right now, I'd love for you to reach out, whether that's to me or whether that's to doing the things we've talked about here in trying to find new friends. If you do also want to join a tribe of like-minded people in all things divorce, please do come over and join our private Facebook group, which is also called the Divorce Chapter. It's a small but supportive group that's safe to share and get support. Even if you want to post anonymously, we don't give a shit. Like we're just there for you. So until then, or until next time, thank you as always for listening. I do hope this has been helpful for you for wherever you are at in the friendship world. I, for one, actually do feel like having you listeners is like having extra friends. So thank you. Have a great week, my friend, with loads of love from me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Divorce Chapter podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, please could you do your girl a solid and rate and review the podcast. Wherever you listen, there should be an option to rate and review. And honestly, I can't tell you just how much it helps the podcast algorithm thingamajigs, whatever. And bonus love for me if you share the episode with your friends and on your socials and tag me in it at the divorce chapter. Thank you again so very, very much. I appreciate every single one of you beautiful humans. Have an amazing day.